episode of Everyday Mindfulness TV with Dr. Richard Scott. Hello, Dr. Richard Scott. Welcome back. Thank you. It's, it, it's, it's getting to be a habit, but it's a good habit. It's a good habit. It's a Jesus <laughs> habit, isn't it, that we're creating. <laughs> and uh, you certainly are a follower of Jesus and you are a doctor. <laughs> and uh, for those who are watching this episode for the first time and don't have context of who you are, introduce <laughs> yourself, Dr. Richard Scott. <laughs> Thank you. Please call me Richard. Um, yes, so I'm a GP in Margate, which is on the point of Kent. You can't go any further, otherwise you get wet in the North Sea. I've uh, been there for 22 years. Uh, my wife's also a, a doctor in the same practice. Um, yeah, I've got, uh, got some children, grandchildren now. It's, it's all wonderful. Uh, but by what particularly gets me up in the morning is, is speaking to my patients about Jesus. Uh, don't get me wrong, I do all the other standard stuff as a GP, but actually there are so many desperate patients uh, where standard Western medicine is not going to do the job. And that's when we bring Jesus into the conversation. And it's, it's good fun, it's challenging, and we're going to talk about, I think today, the importance of taking risks for God. And, and in this present climate in England, quite honestly, it is a bit of a risk. Um, I myself have run into trouble in the past, in fact, <laughs> currently in some trouble for, uh, for, for taking risks for God. But it's, it's well worth it because we see lives change. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about these risks that you have mm. been taking mm. uh, and, and what's happened. So, yes, uh, over the years, I've spoken to literally thousands of patients um, about, about faith, where it's relevant. So if they come in with mental health problems, depression, anxiety, uh, anger, bitterness, um, homelessness, drug addiction, etc. Um, and the great majority actually take it very well because they're desperate and they're willing to listen. Not everybody takes the advice, but at least some do. And we've seen lives change uh, significantly. Um, but over the years, I've had a few uh, minor complaints and then uh, one major complaint in 2010, um, where uh, the mother of, of a patient, she wasn't even in the room, but mother of an adult um, male patient complained to the General Medical Council about my uh, offering him religion, if you like. Um, and um, yes, so that, that caused me a great deal of grief between uh, 2010 and 2012. Uh, we lost the case, uh, predictably, but uh, I fought it on behalf of you know, freedom of speech and also GPs being able to bring faith into uh, the consulting room, uh, simply because, you know, the spiritual angle on health needs to be tackled where relevant. Uh, currently, I've got a, a problem I talked on Radio 4 in January 2019, last year, about when asked about the battles that uh, have been won uh, for our freedoms. I was, I was used as an illustration of battles that still need to be fought in relation to freedom of religion. Um, and again, somebody didn't like what they'd heard on the radio, complained to the General Medical Council, I might say via the National Secular Society, who of course have got an axe to grind, and, and uh, the uh, GMC passed it on to NHS England. And so I'm actually meeting them in a couple of weeks to discuss you know, what we do in our practice and, and uh, yeah, the importance of sharing faith in clinic. And yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be another battle. Um, but that's just par for the course. If you're a Christian and you raise your head above the parapet, you stand up for Jesus, not everybody will be delighted. Uh, and that's something we must be prepared to take on the chin. Yeah, yeah. We were just having a conversation, weren't we? Mm. And how hard it can be to be a Christian. It's not an mm. easy life. And we've said that in our previous episodes. Mm. And, and I have to point out here that you, you, you don't just go in and start talking about Jesus. You will mm. always ask their permission, you know? Sure. Um, so let me give you an illustration. So when I have, uh, say, the classic thing, and every day this takes place, someone comes in with severe anxiety and or depression. Um, I mean, it's so common. We have now mental health nurses in our practice. They will see, say, 20, 22 people a day with terrible 
terrible problems. Uh, now I probably see four or five with mental health problems. Um, but you know, if you have an opportunity to talk to talk into the spiritual angle, so what I do is I always do the standard medicine first. You know, does somebody take a big history, and then does somebody need antidepressants, uh, anti-anxiety drugs? Uh, do they need counselling? We always go for these things first, and then I offer at the end. Look, there is something that may make a real difference to you because it has done in literally hundreds of patients lives over the years would you would you mind if i open up the conversation to talk about god and at least nine out of ten will say yes they don't know where it's going and um, i get them to sign a, a, a consent form because uh, you know, we have run into trouble in the past so that's what's agreed in our practice um, and we talk about faith and um, yeah uh, and i give them opportunities to say look you know, this is what I suggest you do. I suggest you pray. I offer them prayer there and then, but I suggest you pray afterwards. Here's a gospel. Would you, you know, if you'd like one, here's a gospel. Read it. You'll see how powerful Jesus is and how he changes lives of people in terrible circumstances. Like, to be honest, you are now. Uh, and and finally, when church happens again, um, can I suggest you come to my church? Here's a here's a batting order of what we do. So that's how I approach it. But always standard Western medicine first, and then faith at the end as an option. And people can turn it down. And despite mm. asking their permission and mm. getting them to sign consent forms, sure. it, you, it's still not being held in the courts of justice on the earth. But we know there's a court of justice in the heavens Man. and God's justice rules. So, yeah. you know, you, you just keep, we've just got to keep going because we don't yeah. know where it could lead and what impact it could have. Well, do you know, interestingly, I've just been reading Ephesians and not only did Ephesians, I think it was three, talk about how, you know, the, the deceitfulness of mankind and, and feel like alternative uh, human theories to, to you know, philosophies and theories about, about why we're here and how we should live our lives. But Ephesians 6, which I've literally just read before coming on air, you know, we must take up the armour of God because, and our battles are not, human battles they're battles against the, you know, the powers in this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms you know this is a battle and i think many christians on earth don't really realize that we are in a battle mm -hmm. um, and when you place your head a little bit above the parapet suddenly you start you're starting to get shot at yeah. because yeah the, the devil doesn't like this stuff mm -hmm. and we should expect it yeah yeah so it always comes as a shock but it shouldn't be yeah. <laughs> it's normal but mm. you know and equally god has given us jesus mm. has given us the supernatural abilities we've just got to pray and ask for them amen um, you, you know and uh, we do mm. that we do that mm. and t tell us a bit about your mm. health and how it's impacted your health because uh, i don't mm. think we should, should we should discuss this and, and yes and how you've come through mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Um, yes, I mean, while I was having my first uh, general medical council case in 2010 and 2012, halfway through, I developed bowel cancer. Now, it could be a coincidence, but actually stress, even though I wasn't too bad, but stress is, is a major factor in initiating cancer. We know that. We've got all the, the, you know, the, the medical scientific backup for that. So that was quite a big issue and actually it delayed the, the, the judgment in my case while I was having um, all the treatment that I needed. Uh, praise God, that's gone very, very well. Uh, funny enough, I've just written to um, the Christian oncologist who was helping, uh, who gave me a second opinion in London, um, just to say thank you. I wrote to him today to say thank you for all your help. It's, uh, you know, it was really valuable. Um, and, you know, by the way, can I suggest that, you know, if ever you run into trouble, pray. Prayer makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Seeing Christians helps and prayer makes a difference. So I'm just sort of passing it back really uh, to him. Um, so that was my, my situation then and, and uh, praise God, I've remained very well ever since. 
but the prayer that I had from Christians, literally from around the world, I was getting letters from New Zealand, Australia. I've never met these guys. And, and when, when I was traveling around before COVID, doing stuff in different churches, say on the South Coast, people said, oh yeah, I was praying for you. Oh, were you? <laughs> but thank you. Uh, yeah, this, is, this is the Christian world you know, yeah. we've got. We've got people around us. And so um, bring, them into the, bring them into the secret. Tell them what's going on in your life. I need help here. You know, challenge them to join in so that when they need help, we can pray for them. You know, that's how it should be. You know, this reminds mm -hmm. me of the story of Gideon mm -hmm. where he went into battle mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, God just kept decreasing the army to 300. And it was, you, all you need is 300. And, you know, all you need is two, three, uh, four, maybe, you know, a small handful of people to pray yeah. with you. Sure. And, um, you know, things shift. Oh, the, the, absolutely. And the battle is the Lord's. You know, we've got that famous song, haven't we? You know, that, that, that the battle is the Lord's. Well, the battle is the Lord's. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, if we go in fighting ourselves, we're going to lose. Yeah. Uh, but we're going with Jesus. You know, one person with Jesus, that's a majority. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, no matter how big the Goliath is in our lives, you know, for me, it might be NHS England or the General Medical Council. You know, that, they might seem like Goliath, but actually, David, a small stone, and God, Goliath hasn't got a chance. He simply no. hasn't. You know, no, no, that's it. No. Exactly. Mm. And you know what? It's all about taking risks. We look at mm. Gideon, King David. They mm. took risks, didn't they? Mm. And God met them where they mm. couldn't do things in their own, sure. you know, flesh. And you're taking risks all the time. Talk to us a, a bit about taking risks for God. Right. Thank you. Well, actually, I think the first thing is that um, um, <laughs> we have to recognize that, you know, Christians, of course, are part of normal conversations, you know, chatting to people, how are you, etc. And I, I do that in my, in my clinic. So you, you, you find out how someone is, take a medical history. But the $64,000 questions we used to say years ago is, how can you move an everyday conversation on to Jesus? And that's the big challenge for all of us as Christians. You know, how can we bring Jesus into whatever the situation is? And I think there are three points which I've really discovered over the years, and that they form part of my teaching now for churches and for doctors. And the first point is this, um, you need to be prepared to be uncomfortable because, you know, taking a risk is uncomfortable. Mm. You know, whether it's climbing a mountain physically, uh, setting yourself a challenge of running a marathon or opening your mouth for God, you need to be prepared to be uncomfortable. And even after all these years, when I'm about to open up, uh, I, I'm uncomfortable. You know, my, I, in some ways I wish I was elsewhere. <laughs> You know, every fibre of my body is saying no, but God is saying yes. Yeah. And here's the thing. As soon as you open your mouth for God, that feeling of uncomfortableness just goes. And suddenly I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. This is this is where I am for a good reason. If you like, it's the it's your Esther moment. And so you know, I think the first point is be prepared to be uncomfortable. Um, point number two is that, that, that God is with you. Um, and I remember you, know, you mentioned stuff in the old testament i remember when moses died and joshua took over um you know and his first job was a big one he had to cross the jordan and then you know go and take jericho and actually that's not easy and joshua must have been thinking oh my goodness and here i am and suddenly the boss moses has died but god said to joshua as i was with moses so i will be with you um i'll never leave or forsake you and that's a standard message time and time again in the bible and so, you know, when we're being prepared to be uncomfortable, just remember God is with us. He's not left us alone, you know, because if he had, we are in big trouble, but he hasn't. 
So that's the second point, really. You know, number one, be prepared to be uncomfortable. Number two, God is with you. And I think the third point, which is is my probably my favourite, is that we are entering what we what somebody, Bill Hybels from America, said years ago was we're entering the zone of the unknown, which is a great term, uh, the zone of the unknown. And that's where God does his best work. Yeah. In other words, when we're in our comfort zone, actually, you know, we're doing stuff that we always do. In many ways, do we need God? But when we step out, we take a risk for God, we enter the zone of the unknown. Oh, my goodness we need him and um, and that's where god does his best work so not only do we need him but god's saying right now let's watch what i get up to and so uh, those are the three points for really. i think when we're you know we have to be prepared to be uncomfortable um to take risks know that god is with you and that when we enter the zone of the unknown wow watch what god's going to do mm. give us a practical example mm. of all those three points sure okay so um Right, I'll do that. So when I, when I, as I say, we see, seeing so many people with so many big, big issues in, in, in clinic. Um, but I can think of, I can think of one um, a chap uh, who was a, one of our, one of our drug addicts. And I, I, you know, I took, I took his history and it was just, you know, aged eight, he used to be posted in through, climb a ladder by his brothers, posted in through a, a small window, which they, they'd see him was open. He'd then go down into someone's house, open the front door, and his brothers would ransack the house. And they did that to, to sell all the stuff in order to fund drugs. And they then got him on heroin, age 12. So when I, when I listened to the story, I thought, my goodness, what chance has this patient of mine got? And so I opened up about God and he didn't seem to get it. And he kept getting going to prison, coming out. And then I remember one day we saw him, my, myself and the pastor, we saw him. He was soaking wet. He'd come to our church. He was wearing one shoe. That's all he had left, one shoe. And I remember him drag, bedraggled, thin, wearing a shoe. And, you know, he, was, he had pneumonia. He was just in the most terrible state. And once again, we took a risk, said, look, I know you've walked away from this, but you need God. You need God. Now, of course, he could have complained to the medical council, but he didn't. He finally, finally got it. And, uh, you know, he was actually due to go back to prison. He went to prison. He talked to the chaplain. With the chaplain, he went in, still with it, in handcuffs. He knelt down on the floor in prison, in the chapel, and gave his life to Jesus. You know, and this changed everything in his life. And so, you know, we tried time and time again um, to, to get through to this guy. The only thing that's going to change you is Jesus. And he then did a video when he came out, he put on weight, had his pneumonia treated, he put on weight, and there he was doing a video, and, and the video is called Jesus is Better. And, you know, he said, you know, drugs may seem nice, but they'll kill you. Jesus is better. And, uh, you know, when you see that, and when you hear that, you think, it was worth it. It was yeah. worth it. It's worth taking a risk because the result is great. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I might say he died a couple of years ago. Uh, smoking ultimately got him, I think. Um, and I look forward to seeing him in heaven and saying, yeah, thank you for doing that video. Uh, it was true, wasn't it? Jesus was better. You know, yeah. you still didn't live beyond your late 50s, but actually here you are in heaven. Great to see you. Yes, he's looking down, cheering you on, cheering us all on. It's, yeah, it's just beautiful. So, mm. so the, the, I'm going to get to the nitty gritty now. There are mm. some people who are saying taking risks. Mm, I think I'll rather sit in my comfort zone. What would you say to that, Richard? Well, I would say uh, I understand that. And to be honest, that's my life for 20 years before uh, Nikki Gumbor and Alpha challenged me to share my faith. Um, I think if you'd rather sit in your comfort zone, like the danger is, uh, I, I point to Revelation 3, and God is talking to the churches, and particularly to Laodicea, 
and uh, talking to the other churches he says you know you've often walked you've walked away from your first love but to Laodicea he's really hard and he says you are lukewarm I ra I'd rather you are either hot or cold I will spit you out of my mouth the danger of saying look I'm okay I'll sit I'll sit tight is that God may say to you one day when you know when we all come before judgment I never knew you um, or you've lost your, you know, you're, you've lost your, you've lost your sharpness, you've lost your fire. Um, get away from me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, actually Matthew 25, when we look at the sheep and the goats again, you know, we're called to help people who are hungry, who are naked, who are in prison. And if we don't, uh, you know, we risk our own salvation. You know, salvation is about faith. Yes, absolutely. But it's also about actions. Read James. I, th I think that, um, you know, it's a danger. It was a danger for me and it's a danger for all of us we can be very comfortable as christians but we're called to take risks we're absolutely challenged by the lord to take risks because jesus did all the disciples did all the apostles did and god, god will call us to take risks in different ways maybe it won't be sharing your faith verbally maybe it'll be doing uh, acts of kindness for other people mm. but we need we can't just say i'm okay i'm going to sit tight it doesn't fit with the bible yeah yeah and this is the nitty-gritty of being mm. christian now yes reality mm. so would you say that um lack of wanting to take a risk is lack of faith um no i think everybody's got faith and i had faith until i was challenged by nicky gumbel but i think i wasn't doing enough with it and then there's a danger of thinking i'm okay i'm saved that was my situation for 20 years and to be honest, probably I would have been all right. And Jesus would have said, you know, welcome, you know, come on in. But I'm, you're missing out on all that's possible on earth. And also the Bible does talk about a crown that, that God has prepared for us. Um, I think there are rewards in heaven for us beyond just getting in. Um, and, uh, you know, and also I want to take people with me. Yeah. It's not good enough to say, I'm okay, Jack. I, you know, what about that person who comes in my consulting room? What about that person I meet on the street? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what about that person who comes in the back of church looking terrible? Um, do I ignore them or do I say, look, come on, come and join us, join in. In a sense, God has given us the best reward ever by learning about Jesus. And, you know, he's now my best friend and he's your best friend. But actually there's people out there for whom he's not their best friend yet. And the thing is, what I've learned is that God gives us a sphere of influence. You know, my sphere is different from yours. Your friends are different from mine. And the listeners who are coming, who are listening to your program now and watching this, they will have a sphere, a sphere of influence that only they have. Mm. Uh, and if they don't use that sphere of influence, their friends are going to miss out. Mm. Um, and that's, that's not just a pity, but it, quite frankly, it's wrong. And I think the other thing that's always got through to me is the parable of the talents. We cannot bury our talent and expect God to be pleased with us. You know, the guy who invested it, his, his five talents and got 10, two talents and got, you know, four and one talent and got, well, he didn't. Well, the guy who had one talent buried it in the ground. And Jesus was really cross with him. He was really cross. You know, we cannot bury our talent. So I think that's the challenge we all face is that we've been given talents, gifts, whether it's speech or actions, whatever it is. But, you know, God calls us to use them. He's given them to us. Now use them. Yes, and I love the concept of try little things to get out of your comfort zone, like being mm -hmm. kind to somebody mm -hmm. that you wouldn't normally be, like a homeless person, or you know, do something for someone randomly, random acts of kindness. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that because you can get there in small steps, and God mm -hmm. meets you, you know, where where you haven't got the capacity in your flesh, and um, 
tell us a bit more about taking risks and where you are currently in taking mm. risks. Well, I suppose I've, uh, I've been encouraged, ironically, I've been encouraged over the years by having some problems. Um, it shows the devil doesn't like what I'm doing. As long as what I'm doing is in line with the Bible, um, then, then of course he won't like it. Mm. So I suppose over the years I've been encouraged not only from good by good conversation, excuse me, but by problems that, that I've faced over the years. Um, also, I've worked with uh, Christian Concern, who uh, are lawyers who help people who've run into trouble over the years uh, in England. And by meeting some of their clients in so many different areas of, of life, from van drivers to, to nurses, to, to pastors, to other doctors, a whole range of people. I've been encouraged by meeting people who've been prepared to take risks uh, and seeing how their faith has grown as a result. And yeah, I think you, 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 you get encouraged by meeting other people who've been up against the, uh, yeah, up in the coal face, if you like, really. Mm. Um, so my, my position is, is stronger now than I was before having problems. Um, probably because I've had problems. It hasn't in any way put me off. I, I have met Christians who have been put off by, you know, someone saying boo to them. Uh, I would just recommend to your listeners, whether in India or in, or in England, you know, there, there will be problems. You know, in this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. But, but then he said, fear not, I have overcome the world. In other words, you know, we're working for the great boss. And, uh, you know, if, if we've got him with us, you know, as, as the Bible promises, yeah, take those risks. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah. And that's another tip, another key that you've given is that get around the right people, you know, yes. get around people who are taking massive risks um, and those who are taking risks daily, daily, you know, and, and it does rub off on you, doesn't it? The company mm. that you keep rubs off on you. And you've certainly got a good community of people around you that support you and stand with you in the tough times. And that for some of them will be taking a risk as well. Mm. Sure. Um, how do you manage that? How do you manage um, a community of people who are taking a risk? Um, I'm not sure I manage it really. I just try and support them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if one has tr trouble, you know, you come around them and say, look, you know, how can I help? Um, I think that's really, really important. And to encourage others, because otherwise I think each one of us feels like we're Elijah, you know, coming down the mountain. Oh, I'm the only one left. Yeah. And God says, well, actually you're not. There's 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to Baal. You forget there are other people in your position. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why it's worth, you know, it's worth getting involved with organisations like Christian Concern and Christian radio stations. Um, you know, be able to put each other in touch with other people, uh, as I've been able to put you in touch with one or two people. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's really helpful to realise you're not alone, yeah. um, even though sometimes it feels like it. It's just not true. So tell us, finally, mm. what has taking risks done for you? What has it done mm. spiritually with your relationship with God? Right. Well, it's done the same for me as for all these other people I've met. It stretches you. Yeah. Um, the first thing is you know, when you run into trouble, of course, it's a shock. Uh, and the first thing you should do, and, and I did do, is get on my knees and say, Lord, you know, this, this didn't take you by surprise, but, you know, it's happened. Um, so it, it, it drives you to your knees. That's the first thing. Uh, and that's the right thing to do. And then, you know, you, you get humble. You realise that you can't face these battles on your own. You know, David, if he'd worn armour and tried to fight Goliath, 100% he would have lost. That's not the right way to do it. Um, but, you know, he, he, he challenged him in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God. Um, and that's what, you know, won in the battle. So I think we, you, know, you get to your knees and you say, Lord, this is your battle. You know, show me what to say. Give me the words. But you fight these battles. This is your battle, not mine. And so there's a humility involved in that really as well as a realizing where our strength comes from 
Um, and then, of course, when you, you know, whether you lose the, the court case or not, as I did, it, that doesn't matter. So many positive things came out of it in terms of freedom of speech and encouraging others to share their faith and all the support I had. You know, in, the wor in worldly terms, I lost that case. In biblical terms, we won hands down yeah. and uh, you know i thank god for that and and of course ephesians tells us actually what we do has an effect in the heavenlies how extraordinary that when we stand up for jesus on earth it has an effect not just here but up there wow wow that is so powerful that mm. you know we don't talk about this that actually our words and and behaviors and and, and what we do does affect what happens mm. in heaven and mm. heaven you know it's, it's just can't wait to get there but we have work to do until we do indeed so if anybody's watching right now and say, saying i'm on the tip of taking a whisper i don't know what to do what words of encouragement would you give richard sure well i think if, if god is prompting you through the spirit to take a risk almost certainly you should do um and then just as you're walking along you know those say you god has challenged you to talk to i don't know your mother-in-law or your best friend about jesus um determine that you're going to do that asking for the opportunity and then when it comes as you're walking towards that person just pray lord give me the words and then simply open your mouth uh, don't worry about what you'll have to say the bible says he'll give you the words uh, and he will open your mouth um, but listen to them as well you know you've got two ears and one mouth so listen to them open and be prepared to speak and then you'll be amazed at what happens yeah. absolutely amazed uh, I remember one person I gave a, 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 a challenge to amidst a church group that I was training up for sharing their faith and she went on holiday with her family including uh, her mother who was then 75 and you know we said uh, I said to her look in the before we meet again I want you to share your faith with somebody and then come back tell us how it goes on so she came back and she was quite down oh nothing much happened I, and I said are you sure she said well I did share my faith with mother who who became a Christian in Greece on holiday. And I said, I thought you just told me nothing happened. Your mother's become a Christian. Yes, nobody else did, but she was the one you were particularly praying for. She was the oldest one. Yes. I said, that's a good result. That's not a bad result. You know, your mother's become a Christian. And you don't know. The thing is, when you share with faith with someone, you might think this person's going to become a Christian. You don't know. But the more people you share your faith with, undoubtedly some will be. And some will surprise you. Nothing will happen. Others will surprise you. Extraordinary things happen. As you share, just cast your bread on the water and see what happens. Love it. Love it. You've been watching Everyday Mindfulness TV with Dr. Richard Scott talking all about taking risks for God. If that's speaking to you, then take a risk for God. Speak with him, pray with him and see where he's taking you. God bless and we'll see you next time. Thank you.